Ladies and gentlemen, we are live from the Isle of Man in the UK. This is John and Mike's MMA Corner. Okay, I'm going to look at the UFC London card. Uh, look ahead also to the Invicta FC card we've got coming up this weekend, plus some news and, uh, let's say, discussion about what's happened recently. Okay, I'm going to go first to the UFC London card, of course, and one thing that stands out for me is the performances of a handful of guys which really stood out. I think I want to talk, though, about one man whose performance is a career-long performance. Brad Pickett stepped away from the cage for the final time. He had a career which had highs and lows but also had some memorable moments the win against Demetrius Johnson who is the current flyweight pound for pound best in the world is one of those moments that I think that he'll remember and the rest of the world will too he's also just one of the most charismatic and friendly people if you've ever met Brad Pickett you'll know what a great guy he is I've met him numerous times I've had my pants pulled down by Brad Pickett as well I want to say thank you to Brad Pickett, and I think anyone else who doesn't know who Brad Pickett is, or maybe just getting into the sport, take some time, get on UFC Fight Pass or YouTube, whatever you can, and just go and enjoy some of the moments that he brought to the UK MMA scene, and what he's done for us in, in, as a whole. He's a, he's a great household name, and he'll go on now to coach some great fighters to come through the ranks. He's got so much knowledge. And he's plus he's got his own promotion, Rise of Champions, uh, which uh, is doing fantastic so far in its early kind of blossoming stages. So let's go to the other results. Mark Diakese came on and for Timmy Pagalan and it was a quick performance, let's say. He came in, landed that right straight. Now Timmy Pagalan, Pagalan it was just a bit put off by the kicks that Mark was throwing at the very start of the fight. It definitely put him off of his range and where to stand and his stance to have. As you saw, when Timu landed that shot, well, uh, sorry, when the Akezi landed the shot, Timu had landed a combination, but he turned his side and wasn't really in the right position to defend that strike properly. Mark Akezi landed right in the button. And it was, a, it was like, a, like a slight delay for Timu Pagalan to go... Actually, I'm done for tonight, and he went down. Now he wants to have a fight against potentially Paul Felder, it's looking like. Uh, they had a beef on Twitter. There was a big rant going on between the two of them. If you want to make a, a story, a headline, they did it for you. The UFC, if they do not snatch this up and make the most of it, they are out of their mind. Now, albeit Mark uh, Paul Felder has obviously got to say injury-free, and so is Mark Diakese, that's the key possibly potentially i would stick that down as a co-main event for the upcoming ufc glasgow card also on this card in ufc london we had a fight performance which i think was a very good marker to put himself in for a, another contract which was Do Duff, uh, joe duffy and it spat out wrong there uh, joe duffy um razi madani he just showcased himself as a complete martial artist his boxing his kicks was just flawless his grappling exchanges were just on point. I think he was more just enjoying himself. Last fight, the contract wasn't in any real danger. He didn't put himself in danger. He just showcased what he is capable of. And he's touching the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more to Joe Duffy in that fight than uh, people really know. I think he will get signed up again. I think it's just 
the UFC, the new owners, there's a delay with the snapping up of the fighters and their contracts, so it's a bit perplexing at the moment, but I would be shocked if they didn't sign him. If they didn't, you've got big, big promotions out there that will snap him up in a heartbeat. Uh, another performance, <clears throat> sorry, I need to clear my throat out there, which I think really stood out uh, was, for me, it was the standout performance of the night. It was Arnold Allen beating Mac Wan. Amigani and Arnold Allen put on a performance which you should all take about uh, Amir uh, as well. Um, Amir Khani showed a great grit of determination. Now remember, Amir Khani is a guy who's had like over 100 wrestling bouts. Uh, he's, a, he's a great grappler. Now he did show that performance against Mike Wilkinson and Mike Wilkinson just got overwhelmed. Arnold Allen showed a superior grappling exchange. He showed the counters on point. Now Amir Khani showed the counters too. It was a tight decision. I had Arnold Allen winning every round. He definitely was winning on the strike and on the feet. He was landing better strikes, a lot smoother, a lot. It was just a lot cleaner. I think Arnold's breakout performance happened that night, and I think we'll see him really pushed up the ranks a bit more now. Uh, I mean, for Amikani, he needs to go back and reassess a little things. He wasn't that far off, but he's got to, you know, he's got to get the right matchup for the next fight. I said it was a tough fight against Arnold. I did. I was right when I said it, and I, I stuck by that. Next up, co-main event. I said it had happened, and it did happen. Uh, <clears throat> but not quite how we thought. Gunnar Nelson beating Alan Joban. Now, I said the striking of Alan Joban is good, but it's that weird karate space lunging stance that Gunnar Nelson has. And when he landed that sh that sh that strike on Alan Joban, I just saw Joban go to the chicken dance. Beautiful move and decision by... Gunnar Nelson just to jump on him, put the submission in, and get the tap. He like he says he doesn't have to hit them. You know, a lot of guys are like that. They don't feel like, you know, Cowboy Cerrone said it as well. He'll rather go, he'll jump for the choke rather than strike the guy. But the thing is, when the guys are wobbled and everything's a bit fuzzy and a bit hazy, you haven't got the reaction time you would have normally to stop those chokes. That's why a lot of guys don't stop them uh, because it's just too it's happening too fast for them. Uh, so Gunnar Nelson, he'll get a top ten guy. Possibly uh, next up, they're trying to push for the Wonderboy bout. But after uh, Wonderboy Thompson's just there, uh, well, John Kavanagh was sorry, he kind of hinted at it. But after uh, the surgery that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson just had with his meniscus, we don't know how long that will be to heal and repair and come back. Gunnar Nelson might feel good because he didn't take too much damage really in that fight. He might feel good to come back a bit sooner. Matt Brown would be a fun, just it'd be a really fun fight, especially if. Matt Brown, because he's, he's, he is a strong, strong man. People don't realise how strong that guy is at 170. If he can stop those takedowns from Gunnar, keep it standing. He's so tenacious and just keeps coming forward. How will you know, Gunnar Nelson defend and stop that constant pressure? Because going back is very tiresome. So I, I'd like the Matt Brown matchup myself. But we'll see what they decide. Uh, the main event, I wasn't overly shocked about it. Gun, uh, Jim, Jimmy Manoa stopping Corey Anderson with a knockout. I still feel like, because the light heavyweight division in the UFC is so shallow, it's quick to get up the rank, but then when you, you, you go from a contender, uh, not contender, sorry, you, you go from a new prospect straight to contendership. It, there's no middle ground. You know, There's no newbie learning the game a little bit more, sharpening your skills against maybe some kind of, uh, I want to say, uh, 
gatekeepers. You know, there's none of this here really in the light heavyweight division. It's 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 not really there. You know, you go pretty quick high up, and so I I, I just feel that for Corey, he was at least two fights away. Or maybe three fights away from a fight against someone like Jimmy Manoir, of because uh, Jimmy Manoir's only losing to the uh, the elite guys, and I think Corey needs a couple more fights before he gets anywhere near that kind of uh, contendership. But he did show some good stuff at the start of the fight with mixing up with the strikes and fake takedowns and stuff. Got, got definitely got Jimmy thinking, but he wasn't really landing enough strikes power wise to really bother Jimmy Manoir, and that's when Jimmy started pressing forward to just close that range, uh, and he just you know threw a left hook. And Corey didn't have his hands up, you know, silly boy, silly mistake. You definitely won't be making that mistake again. That was a UFC London card. It was a good card. Uh, there was a few decisions, to be fair, but the fights did make the, the fights that went to decisions. Some of them were good. They were good fun to watch. Uh, now I'm going to go on to the Invicta FC card this weekend because that fight card, ladies and gentlemen, is one to look out for because the women are going to bring it. So the ladies are fighting on Invicta FC, which you can get on UFC Fight Pass. I will definitely be tuning in for this card. I'll be tweeting about the, the bouts happening as well. So you have Amber Brown fighting Ashley Cummings. And the pair of these are in a kind of position where they both are not getting those hot win streaks. They're not getting those three, four fight wins that they really need. They're, they're kind of at a point in their career for the pair of them where they start to nearly get the consistency. And it's a fight really... Worth paying attention to. I'm probably going to favor Amber Brown about now. It's a lot more complex than that, but because you don't know who's going to turn up even each night, it's obvious. But I'm going to pick for Amber Brown this one. Another fight to look out for on this card is a potential, let's say, like a Mackenzie Dern, like future superstar, you know, Paige Van Zandt kind of, kind of girl in the fight scene. Uh, the, the card itself has got some good names. But this one, it's one to look out for. For her record, you're su you'd be surprised to think she should be well known by now. A 9-0 record. But she's just been going around the regional scene and the Invictor has snapped her up. Now, you've got Jin Yu Frey, I want to say that, like that, but I think I might be wrong. Very good, very good contender in the Invicta FC um, ranks, let's say. But she's got, I'm going to say this wrong, I do apologise for this. I think it's Janicea. I always say the surname wrong. Okay, Miranda. Now, this girl has been training for years in martial arts. She's been doing Muay Thai since she was, I think, 13 years old or something like that. She's got some awesome finishes all so far in her career. She's now stepping up a level with the kind of talent and the, the, the skill sets now we're going to see what she's got she's only young still i think she's like something like 22 maybe which is crazy and in this sport it's for her it's a breakout um chance for her on a, on a huge scene uh, i definitely want to put people onto her radar uh, next up you have a fight i think it's it's a fight that both girls need to really get a win on both accounts because they're just Falling shy. You have Diana Bennett and you've got Jodie Esquibel. Now, Jodie Esquibel, she was outclassed by Alexa Grasso last time they fought, and you know, she had a bit of time off. She needs, I hope, with what she's been doing with her training, is working a lot more on her footwork, her angles, because Alexa Grasso just took another level when, she, when they fought, and she needs to catch up with Alexa Grasso, if that makes sense, because you can't just stay the same as you were and expect it to keep working, because people will figure out that game plan. Uh, for Bennett, she's she's not getting a win. She's two, two, fight, two losing fights. 
uh, sorry, two losses uh, in the last bouts. She needs to get a win under her belt. This could be a good opportunity for her because if she can go at Jody in a similar style to Alexa Grasso, I'm not sure going to be the same, but if she can go in a similar style, it could potentially put off Jody, get in her head, and you could see her getting a win here. But I can't um, obviously say what's going to happen on night. Next up, we're going to talk about. I think I think I want to jump up maybe to the main event now, which is the rematch slash overturned win thing. I don't know what to say. <clears throat> bantamweight bout. We know who the bantamweight champ is. She's a bit outspoken, but she's a badass girl. Okay, Tonya Evangel. Now this girl kind of lost the bout, but she didn't lose the bout to Yana. <sighs> I'm not very good at Russian people, let's be honest. Kunisaka. Uh, <clears throat> okay, Yana, as she likes me to call her. Yana got the armbar in. It was out. It wasn't out. The ref stopped it. We don't. Look, either way, Yana showed that she could catch Tanya. So when this match goes on this time round, Tanya's got to have her T's crossed and I's dotted because Yana's been trained at Winkle John. And she has been training hard. She'll have lots of quality girls around her. Someone like, for example, Holly Holm. People like that. You know, she's got some quality fighters around her. So looking at this fight coming up, maybe you know, age does catch up with people. Tanya's been fighting for a while. She's top dog for a while. But who who knows in this fight? I'm not going to put it past her. That girl is tough as nails. Uh, but people, it's going to be a hard, hard battle, and it's going to be a hard win. Okay, so that's the Invicta FC card. Keep an eye out for it. There's a couple of fights there I mentioned. No, not all of them. Just keep an eye out and enjoy the fight card. I certainly will be. Now, I'm going to go and look at, say, let's say, like in the news that's been happening, little things that have gone on in the UFC and outside of the UFC and things outside of the cage too. So, here we go. So, let's go first to giving USADA uh, a little bit of a round of applause. They caught another fighter who got banned for two years for taking... A form of anabolic steroids. Now, <clears throat> claim tainted, whatever. UFC have this system in place where if you do not know if what you are taking, i.e. a protein supplement or whatever, if you're not sure, you can call up and you can ask and they will tell you. There is a list as well, fighters get. There's no reason to, or there no, should be no excuses these days, to be honest with you. So, Viscardi, Andrea, Andrea, Andrea. Uh, was uh, caught. He had a decision winning against Richard Walls. Look, you get caught, you take up the chin. Now, these two year bans, that is harsh, okay? What's he going to do? Now, if he's a full time fighter, which I don't know if he would have been because uh, he wasn't like, for example, like a megastar making millions, that's going to hurt your career big time. You know? Next bit of news look, Conor McGregor is back in the news again, okay? So. The clickbait, you know, all those media sites are happy that Connor's in the news for something, okay? He had his recent uh, Nevada uh, Commission kind of meeting and hearing uh, for the, as we all know, is the uh, monster can throw and the scenario that went on between him and the Diaz and the, the whole clan, if you all recall. Now, Connor has accepted a $25,000 fine. Yep, for him, not a lot. If you're a new fighter in the UFC making your debut and you win, that's all. That's more than double your purse. That's more than your purse because you get twelve and uh, ten and ten. So for Connor though, not so bad. And twenty-five hours community service. So again, 
he'll probably do stuff like public speaking, go around schools, etc. You know, the usual wish wash, load of bollocks, basically. But it does clear up the things with Nevada and Las Vegas if he does, and somehow maybe want to negotiate a boxing license with this Floyd Mayweather fight. Now, Floyd, I believe, mentioned somewhere like Russia or something. I think it's just because of the oil boys and the money and the money. But we'll see, because that's what that's what Floyd's a businessman. He's a smart man. He's looking for the money side of things. Okay. Now, as other strange news in the fight game was Bellator announcing a pay per view card. Okay, so it's all a bit crazy, right? Bellator has come on leaps and bounds. All right, and they're starting to make some great signings. They have additional fighters coming onto the roster from the UFC. Ryan Bader and Lorenz Larkin. These were pretty much two guys we all expected to be signed up to Bellator and we pretty much known it was going to happen. But if you look at the light heavyweight division in Bellator now, it's getting stronger and stronger. And now in the weight, welterweight division, it's getting more depth. They've always had 135, 145, 155 guys. That's something they've always been pretty good with having in Bellator. But now they've got those 170s and those 205s. It's a great addition for them. Great addition. And it helps balance out the 11 playing field with you know, talent and the guys all around. I can't wait to see what happens with these two fighters, who they match them up with, who they're going to fight. For the pay-per-view card in Bellator, uh, for Bellator and Madison Square Garden, I can see them probably putting these two guys on. They're big name guys. It's a, It would make sense to make money. But one name that has been rumoured going around is Matt Hughes returning possibly. He's interested in fighting again, returning to Bellator. And then all of a sudden, Hoist Gracie came along and said, I'm up for this. Now, Hoist needs the money because of some uh, tax stuff that he had going on with money. They uh, lost a lot of money, but uh, that's why I've said all the previous fight with like, uh, Shamrock. Now, I think Matt Hughes is still probably in good nick. I don't know. I don't fancy Hoist Gracie's chances against Matt Hughes still. I bet he's still strong as an ox. But look, if that happens, so be it. It's almost like this Vitor Legends League. That's called Bellator anyway. So if that battle comes off, I'd put, they'd probably put that on the pay-per-view card too. Uh, they've already announced Chel Sonnen and Vandalay Silva. Smart strategy. That was the build-up already prior in the past. There's already the rivalry. Make it happen. They both want to do something. Eh, probably not going to get tested too strongly. Who knows? Anyhow, that's Bellator. There's a lot going on with them. Some of it good. Some of it... Standard kind of marquee, selling tickets, selling pay-per-views, but it's going to happen probably, so just get over it. Uh, but in the UFC, there's some wacky stuff going on too, people. Luke Rockhold calling out Fabrizio Verdun. He said there was a, a beef going on back from Strike Force, and he wants to settle it. This is the middleweight, former middleweight champ, wanting to challenge the former heavyweight champ. Now, obviously, Luke Rockhold doesn't walk around at 185. He walks probably close to 220. Okay, so, you know, he's not going to be having to cut any weight. He'll just be walking around or whatever he is at the moment. It's probably a fun fight, you know, because Luke Rockall will be fresh. He'll be quite, he's quite a powerful hitter, especially with all the weight he has on him when he's full tw 220. Speed will be an advantage. If I was for Brito Vadum, I'd take it. If I was the UFC, why not? You know, they're making crazy matchups anyway, you know, and like... You know, like Luke Rockhold said, it's not a, it's not, it's not, uh, it's a circus in a way. Now the UFC, the way it's turning with the matchmaking and stuff like that. Well, so be it. You know, you want to fight someone, call them out. Forget the weight classes, whatever. Just do it. You know, if it makes money, makes money for the fighters, do it. 
You know, um, I'm not against it too much, to be fair. I think it's crazy, because I think Luke Rockhold, if he does get clipped or does get taken down by Vadum, it's going to be a, a long night on the mat, because as much as Luke Rockhold is a very strong grappler, for a bit of Vadum's like that Damian Meyer level kind of grappler, where it's not the same, it's just a different, it's a completely different level. Yeah, so that's something that's going to happen. And that's this week, people. You know, it's, it's not quite a week, so to speak. But it's just there's not a ton of events and shows going on. I'll be back next week. I promise I will look to arrange interviews and get some guests back on again. Uh, it's just technology's been letting me down a little bit in time. You know, work happens. But look, thank you for listening. And I look forward to speaking to you all again soon.